a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere hello and you're in the call room uh, broadcasting live tonight from the royal mail hotel at 519 spencer street in west melbourne uh it's exciting to be here and we're working through some new technologies tonight so uh, if the sound quality is not up to our usual standards, apologies in advance and apologies to everyone else who's uh, in the room with us tonight that they have to uh, be subjected to my voice and the voices of Travis Bristos. Hello, David. Ian McNally, who's spilling in tonight and uh, being a special guest host. Hello. And very shortly, Andrew Charles from Bohemoth. But before we introduce Andrew properly, let me just run through a couple of our housekeeping things. I don't have my normal spiel in front of me, so that means we can probably get through it a whole lot quicker than normal. Um, first of all, thank you for listening to either the Zoom Room version or downloading it as a podcast. If you're downloading the podcast, please rate and review us uh, and subscribe wherever it is that you're downloading us from. That's just a great way for us to spread the word about what we do and get more listeners. The more listeners we have, the more great breweries we can get on uh, as they see more and more benefit to them in being on the podcast with us. Uh, we have four delicious beers to join uh, to drink tonight as we join together. Uh, worth saying that we don't expect everyone to drink all of the cans in the kind of time frame that we have available to us. Uh, we suggest that if you're uh, listening live that you make yourself a little tasting paddle uh, or if you're on the podcast version uh, that you uh, take the opportunity just to pause after each of the beers that we've discussed and that way you can come back afterwards and um, we'll let you know as we move from one beer to another and you can take your time and, and fully savour all of the beers that we're going to be um, all the beers we're going to be talking about. And um, if for some reason you found the podcast but don't have the beers in front of you, uh, you can pop over to our online shop. They just search Cool Room Podcast Shopify and uh, we'll be able to home deliver those beers out to you. And in fact, we've got people from all around, not just Melbourne and Victoria, but Australia who've, uh, who've got packs delivered out to them and are enjoying those tonight. So uh, we really hope that everyone has a great night tonight. There's a lot of things to talk about and some great beers. And uh, Travis... Why don't you kick us off and introduce Andrew and we'll go from there. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, how cool is this being back in the pub? Uh, we're still looking at you guys on Zoom though, so that's a little bit different as well. Um, for those in the Zoom room, I'm sure it looks very, very different uh, than what we've had previously. Andrew, welcome to the call room. How are you this evening? Good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, good. I'm very good well. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's kick things off. Before we get to sort of talking about the beer... Um, how about you paint us a bit of a picture on the brewery? Uh, tell us where it's located. Uh, we get a few overseas listeners as well as listeners everywhere else. Um, tell us about the brewery. Yeah, so, well, um, we have been contract brewing for the seven and a half years of our existence, and we now have built our very first um, 2,500-litre three-vessel brewery um, in Mount Eden, Auckland, and our first brew is on Monday. So it's been a long time coming. Um, fun and games from our um, Australian um, uh, contacts for American breweries that um, we've had fun and games and months and months of delays. And uh, we're looking forward to brewing on Monday. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, we've brewed at about 10 different breweries around New Zealand. Um, has some really good relationships with the like of Eight Wire, Deep Creek, um, Steam, who do like Epic and Batch and a few other people as well. Uh, and a lot of breweries around the country, Parrot Dog. Um, but yeah, we're finally 
in our own space um, after a very long time. And uh, we raised capital last year successfully and, and built our brewery and restaurant bar, Chirley's, uh, in Mount Eden um, in Auckland. And um, yeah, we're, we're doing it again and we're raising a bunch more capital to uh, pretty much triple the capacity of the brewery and open some other venues around New Zealand. So it's pretty exciting to us. It's probably worth We're going to ask it a bit later on, but in terms of if people want to be involved in the capital raising side of things, why don't you just give them a little idea now about how to find that information and get involved? Well, it's a bloody good idea. Um, so, yeah, we, um, we're using um, Snowball Effect, uh, which is an equity raising um, platform. Um, so you can just go to snowballeffect.co.nz or .com, one of the two. Um, and it shows you about a lot about what we're doing and they're just registering interest for the next week and a half and then we go we go live in about a, a week and a half's time. So yeah, we're pretty excited to, to get that underway. Now, what happens, Andrew? It's My name's Ian McNally from the Chosen Brew podcast. Um, really nice to speak with you. Uh, when you um, crowdfund in that way, is the, what's, it seems like there's a lot of upside to doing it, but what are the downsides that you're weighing up in terms of, do you, are you then answerable to, uh, you know, six, 700 people rather than just two or three? I'm already answerable to 635 people. Um, so <laughs> probably going to be north of a thousand by the time we've done with this one. So <laughs> I'm trying to find with my foot the thing to be able to turn on my cord so my um, laptop doesn't run out and I look like a dick because my computer just dies. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, take, take a minute take a minute to go and sort it out that's end. okay that means it's not just us that are having technical issues tonight so this is a <laughs> this is a very good thing <laughs> yeah take your time to sort it out and we'll uh we will easily be with you <laughs> yeah. in the meantime yeah i think i i think i may have success now yes success awesome right back to it so my printer just turning on making weird noises um so yeah it's um I never use this office. It's just my wife wants to watch TV in the other room while I do this. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's, it is, it's it, the first time we did it was incredibly stressful and um, we used a different uh, platform um, and we did a lot of heavy lifting ourselves, but I think the business has been so successful in the last eight months. It seems like it's going to be a little bit easier um, this time and we're kind of looking at, um, uh, there's a lot more, a lot more um, uh, investment coming in that's just not from like beer fans, it's people, people who are interested in, a, in an investment point of view as well. So that's really cool. Um, but it's good to have both because, yeah, our, a massive proportion of our customers, and especially in New Zealand, um, invested in us last time. And something like 65% of our online sales are for people who own a bit of the company, which is pretty awesome. Um, that's amazing, yeah. I suppose yeah, also, Andrew, sorry, does that also mean that you've got, you know, uh, 600, 700, 800 advocates for your brands, like almost acting as like Absolutely. mini so salespeople. Ups, the upside is that, you know, there's a little beer army out there of people who love what we do and love the beer and love what we're all about. Um, and yeah, it's great. Like, so I think about 400 out of the 635 are in Auckland. So, you know, a lot of them are at our pub um, all the time. And that's really awesome. Um, Brent, if you can see, hair has got, um, this, is, this is actually the Cheerholder hat. So this is like the behemoth Cheerholder hat. Um, and I can, I can see Cheerholders coming from a mile down the road because we made it this green. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite cool, but that's good, really good. Like it's kind of, yeah, big family. And it's 
you know, and we keep you regularly updated with how things are going. And yeah, they're definitely ad- advocates for us. So Andrew, how did you get your start in, in beer making? Where, where did you sort of begin your journey? So I am a reformed lawyer. I got honest and started making beer for a living. Um, and I was working in legal policy um, at ACC, which is New Zealand's um, national accident um, uh, insurance agency. You know, so, you know, you, an Australian walks off the plane and twists their ankle, they're covered straight away, no fault system. So I was doing a lot of that stuff and, and IRD tax before that. Boring, boring shit. Horrible, horrible stuff. Um, and you started homebrewing and really got into it. Um, won a big homebrewing competition. By that time, by the time I'd won that, I'd already quit my legal career and went to work at Forker Brewer, which has um, actually been uh, New Zealand's Champions Brewery for a couple of years running now. Uh, a brew pub in Wellington, making some awesome beers now. Uh, and just went and worked at the bar and tried to get some experience in the brewery um, because of the Christchurch earthquakes. Um, uh, getting that off the ground on the second floor, a brewery, don't do, even build a brewery that's not on the ground floor. Um, took them a year to get off the ground, so I didn't even get to brew there. So, but I was behind the bar from that point of view um, and just homebrewing like in every moment that I had. Uh, and then I got shoulder tapped to work at iMake, uh, which is now called Bevy, uh, which does Grainfather, Mangrove Jacks, all like, you know, one of the biggest homebrewing wholesale companies in the Southern Hemisphere, based in Auckland, but also massive presence in Australia. Um, and I was over there quite a bit for that, which was great. Uh, and I was the beer man. So I was like kind of the beer category manager and helping develop the grandfather and like um, promoting the craft series yeasts and just doing everything homebrew. And then I went in there going, I'm going to start a brewing company in my spare time to, to my boss then. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's cool. No worries. And then when I went to do it, he's like, I don't know about this. And I was like, well, in the interview, this is what I said we were going to do. Um, so I did that. We contract brewed with Twisted Hop and Crush. Um, and we did a couple of batches of beer and I'd be out in my lunch break uh, in my very, very dodgy, no, my, my original um, Toyota Corolla with one keg in the passenger seat, three in the back and three in the boot, driving around Auckland delivering kegs um, and flying down to Christchurch to brew. Um, so it was pretty, pretty crazy. So um, yeah, that's pretty much how we got started. And, you know, we we're doing a thousand liters every Oh, a thousand liters every couple of months, two or three months, and you know now we're up to about three quarters of a million liters of beer seven years later. So I've, um, I've always wanted to go back through episodes of the cool room and figure out who's got the most obscure journey story. I don't think we've ever had a lawyer turned brewer before, so that's I think that's a new one, isn't it? Glad to be yeah. Something, something totally we've, new, yeah. We've definitely had some odd ones, but that's probably <laughs> I reckon that's. That's totally. What's, what's, what's the, what's the, the oldest one that you think you've had? <laughs> um, let's let's start talking about the beer because I feel like I don't know what you guys are like in the in the Zoom room, but we're smashing through this beer right now, and I feel like there's not going to be any left, and one of us is going to have to go back to the bar. Um, which, given that tonight's the first night in the pub, saying one of us has to go to the bar is a very odd thing to say. So let's start it, talking it, it, about it, the beer. <laughs> It's not in the legal profession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, very good. <laughs> the amount of articles that have been written that says, uh, you know, Wellington man goes from bar to bar. Um, it's quite a popular bit. <laughs> We're definitely going to put that into the uh, synopsis of the episode, I think. So that, that's great. Uh, let's, let's talk about the flavors in the slushy fun because it's, it's got a lot going on in this. Can you run yeah. us through uh, your take on stuff? 
I can. Excuse me, because I won't be drinking these because um, they've sold, they've all sold out, and I don't have any of them to drink myself. But I know a lot about them because I've drunk them. <laughs> so, um, you know, that slight lag time between New Zealand and Australia. So, um, slushy fun number one. So this is the beginning of our brand new series of beers. Um, we do a lot of series. We do uh, drink yesterday hazy IPA, which is like three different hop variety, seven point two percent. We're up to just about to release number. We just released number seven. Number eight's coming up pretty soon. Uh, we do uh, Me Time, which is a single hop, and we do Hop Buddies, which is a two hop. This is our first um, sour series, so number one, uh, and it's passion fruit and raspberry. So it's big on raspberry. I think this one, um, the raspberry, really is the dominant character in this. So yeah, we decided yeah. that we a lactose-backed um, sour. So um, hence slushy fun. We wanted it to taste like a slushy somewhat, um, and yeah, so it's got tartness. I wouldn't say it's incredibly sour, uh, but it's got a lot of tartness um, and full body from the lactose. Um, and it's really kind of a adult version of you know, a slushy, which is, you know, obviously American slash ripping off the Simpsons, which yeah, we're about to do a lot of that soon. Um, and, um, and yeah, just wanting to like highlight those fruit flavors and, and just do different fruit combinations and just make a beer that's purely unadulteratedly fun. How did you um? How did you choose what the two flavors would be? Passion fruit and raspberry. Were there? Did you experiment with stuff before you came up with that combination, or was that you just sort of went with it? No, we've done two hundred and fifty beers in the last seven years, and if we did a trial batch for all of those, we wouldn't have. Done it. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, our trial batch is two thousand liters, but sometimes it's twenty four thousand liters. So, um, you get an idea of what flavors are going to go together, and. I think with, yeah, just with how much we've done, we get a real good feel with how things are going. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a bit of fun. And um, yeah, I mean, even this, like it, it, I probably thought a little bit more passion fruit would come out uh, this, but the, the, the actual raspberries we used in this were actually just quite pungent raspberries more than we've used in the past. So that kind of uh, dominates a bit, but passion fruit adds a kind of background character and adds a bit more acidity to it because, you know, passion fruit's incredibly acidic. So. Yeah, so we've had a couple of uh, comments in the Zoom room. I don't know if you can see the chat there tonight, but I guess uh, a lot of people are saying the same thing. Like, the raspberries, just right there, you, you, you get that hit of raspberry straight away. The passion fruit, very, very subtle. Um, while we're sort of talking about the Zoom room, remember, guys, if you want to ask questions... Uh, even though the three of us are in the pub, you guys can still type your questions into the Zoom room and we will ask them. Um, I feel like David... No, David wasn't going to... I thought David was going to say something. This is weird for me. Normally, I'm looking at a screen yeah, we've, and we've like... We've got all of these cues that we're normally used to doing over Zoom and now that we're here in the flesh, we've got no idea how to work with each other. <laughs> can you just take your hand off my knee, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, I can take it off your knee, but I'm not guaranteeing where I'm going to put it instead. We, we, strangely, for the first time, we're all sitting in the pub and we're not social distancing, so yeah, yeah, it'll <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Melbourne's 13 days straight zero cases might stop. Eventually, Australia. Um, I guess you know, can we trans start to transition? I don't know if it's opened the cheesecake factory yet, but uh. Can we start? Uh, guilty. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. Um, can we talk about, you know, how what people are going to be tasting when we get to the cheesecake and, um, and you know, 
what the what the similarities are, and I guess about the styles more generally. I don't want to steal Warren Wu's thunder because Warren might actually be in the room by now. I was going to say that it's six fifty-two. Uh, is Warren actually in the room yet? Yeah, totally. I've been hey! here for like five minutes now. Everyone else has said hello already. <laughs> How many beers did you guys have before we started? This is the other problem with having it in a pub. No, we have we we're pretty good. We we are we actually for the first time ever in the, our virtual meet the brewers. David and I are having tasting paddle type. Oh wow, tastes of beer rather than full cans of beer. That so. is the problem when you ask <laughs> yeah, a million passengers to come along that you have to share. <laughs> and um and Warren, I will edit this out in tomorrow's edit. But can you turn your microphone down just slightly? Um, of course. Love the haircut, by the way. We are gonna thanks. We are going to move on to the cheesecake shortly. Andrew, why don't you uh, start us off and give us a bit of an insight into it, and then Warren can take us from there. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, a similar concept to the last beer um, that we're, you know, a lactose-based sour, um, but we've done this tincture of uh, graham cracker. So it kind of gives that kind of, um, that base um, of a cheesecake flavour to it. Uh, again, with raspberries and passion fruit, with a with a healthy dose of lime, which is kind of balances out that kind of sweetness you get from that graham uh, cracker that from the the tincture we made with with that. So it's it just tastes like a freaking cheesecake. It's quite crazy. We just picked up um, People's Choice for the Dunedin uh, Beer Festival uh, last week, which I didn't even know there was a People's Choice, but I, the, the owners of the festival just told me yesterday. I was like, oh, that's great. Apparently, there's a trophy coming. Happy days. Um, so, yeah, it's just a really fun kind of stupid beer. But I like fun, stupid things sometimes. So. It's, it's really fun and stupid, but it's bloody delicious. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, and, and when you say it's like a cheat, yeah, it's got totally cheesecake characters. I'm interested about the graham cracker teacher. You, you do just simply get a whole bunch of graham crackers and add water and... Like, how does that? Usually, it's, it's so it's alcohol based. So you you kind of like let let all that flavour um dissolve into alcohol and then okay. introduce it into, into the beer. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. Wow. We do it with a lot of things. So we've got okay. a lot of crazy flavours, and that is um, I think we're even doing another one today. Um. So yeah, it's it's just the infusing of something that you wouldn't expect in a beer and put it in there and. It kind of blows people's minds a lot of the time, and it's quite fun to see. Can you that, tell us what the one you're doing today was? Oh yeah. Oh no, the, another beer that we're doing tonight. But uh, we did another one of those yesterday. <laughs> so uh, we've got Beervana coming up in Wellington next week. So we have a lot of crazy stuff on the horizon. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. They uh, they pushed that out by a couple of months, didn't they? And yes, everything has been pushed out. We have uh, a beer festival every week for two months because we've got. Eight months worth of beer festivals put into two months. So. Um, Gabs was meant to be now, but they just missed out. So yeah. Uh, Beer was supposed to be my uh, 40th birthday uh, event back back in May. I was going to use that as my 40th birthday, but then then COVID hit and there was a baby and just didn't work out. COVID yep. hit and then there was a baby. Are those two things <laughs> completely linked? A coronial. <laughs> Uh, weirdly, and I was thinking about this on the drive-in for those in the Zoom room tonight, and I might edit this out. This will be the first time since my daughter was born that she won't appear on the chorus. This is true. Right. 
Oh wow! Times are changing, people. Times are changing. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this smells um, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Warren, lead us off and ask it, your questions, my friend. Um, it's it's yeah, it does smell amazing. It's it just and that cheesecake character is 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 remarkable. Um, but on that, when does it stop becoming a beer? Like, is that? I've got an easy way to to answer that one. Yeah, when I say so. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, that's the remarkable thing about beer is just you know it has malt, uh, has hops, it has water, and it has yeast, and that is beer. Yeah. Uh, all the other crazy stuff we put into it is just a bit of fun, fun along the way. So, it's it is like there are some things that are like holy shit, how is this a beer? And that is definitely a thing. But you know, a beer is a, has those key ingredients. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm not a Ryan Heiskin one. I'm obviously not a Ryan Heiskin bot kind of guy. Um, but um, it's, you know, beer is meant to be fun. And that's what we do is make beer fun. Sweet. That's, and it's not, and the, the I've noticed not behemoth beers, there's, there's a sort of sweet tension there, but they're never, they're never like full on sweet. They're never grossly sweet. Is that something that, that, yeah, I mean, balance, yeah. balance is what we strive for, you know. I mean, this is a sour ale, but it's not. This is not particularly sour, but it's got enough tartness and acidity to balance out the sweetness of everything that's sweet that's in there. Um, we are about to do a Biavana beer that I, I've got a few Biavana previews because I know none of you bastards are allowed to come, so I don't mind telling you. Um, so, I've got a few giveaways for what we're doing next week. Uh, I'm drinking one right now, but I'll, I'll come to that shortly. Um, but we are doing a a beer called Whoa, That's Good Squishy. Um, very much Big Simpsons reference. And it has three times as much fruit as this beer does. Um, it's wow. it's absolutely mental, but it works. Um, and there's so much there's so much acidic fruit in there that everything that's sweet and has a massively high finishing gravity, 1032, which is what some small beers start at rather than finish it. But it's got so much acidity that it just drinks so well, and it's quite dangerous, and it might give you diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in terms of fruit, like, all right, so mind blowing. Like, what? How many do do you know? How many grams of fruit per liter of beer that you're that you're producing? Can is, is it that type of calculation? So we did this two thousand liter batch. The, the one that first came out, the Havana, has four hundred. Um, kg of pure, uh, fruit puree, uh, but it also has 75 kg of fruit puree concentrate, um, and that equals another 400 liters per. So it's 800. It's it's a stupid. So that start that with this, so we call this a heavily fruited sour ale. Um, the mm -hmm. the uh, so the uh, slushy one we call heavily fruited sour ale. This one's got a new term. We've called it ridiculously fruited sour ale um, because it's actually quite crazy. So. But this beer barner has always been about pushing the boat out. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of fun to do. It's not like it's ever going to be core age, but it's, it's a fun beer. And speaking about pushing the boat out, what are, all right, so what are some of the craziest things you've done? We don't see all your beers in Australia, but, but let us in on some, some nuts. You guys get about 75% of them, I think. Um, sometimes we do a really tall, like some of the beer barner beers, um, it's a 2000 litre batch and you guys are getting like 40% of it. So we do send a bit to Australia, but obviously you're wow. a much bigger country. It gets spread out far and wide in Australia. So you won't see too much in one place. 
Um, and, and Andrew, and... sorry, Andrew, could I ask it uh, on the uh, distribution point of view? Are you sending any beers to America and are you scared that you've alienated over 70 million people? <laughs> Around about 70 million. Um, <laughs> so this this segues nicely into uh, uh, one of the, the beers that we're, uh, beer, we're releasing on Monday and is going to be at Beervana. Um, dumped the tropical. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. You are literally the first people in the world outside of people who work for Behemoth. Uh, and Creek, where we brewed this, uh, to see this beer. Um, That's awesome. Would you would you like a would you like a quick readout of the back of it? Because oh yeah, totally. Yeah, do it. I obviously I obviously wrote this about a month ago because you've got to get the labels organised and blah 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 blah. So if you you read really closely, it says, "Hopefully we dumped the Trump just to cover my ass." <laughs> um, but anyway, dumped the Trump triple IPA. If you're reading this, hopefully he is gone. And it is only a matter of time until prison is next. More than likely you are drinking this in celebration of watching the inevitable circus that will happen post the election uh, in the courts or sore loser in chief moaning that it's rigged, mail and ballots, unfair, everyone knows that, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Don't pass go, don't collect any more government paid golf trips and go directly to jail. Um, anyhow, this triple IPA is a massive version of Dump the Trump. We have taken Cryo, Mosaic, Cryo, Simcoe, Galaxy, Nelson Sovin, the massive aromatic and dangerously drinkable triple IPA uh, to celebrate the dumping of the worst US president in history. Uh, so you got, right. <laughs> you, you got the future proofing of that really well done, I think. Good, good job. <laughs> Right. Well, he already said he was going to be complaining about all those things, and he's yeah. that's exactly what he's doing. So it wasn't. It's not like I'm a psychic or anything. It's just and yeah, if anything, um, Trump's consistent. You know what he's going to do because you know he's consistently going to be a complete and utter drop. Yes. Is this you you going to be available yeah. after Beavana? Um, we didn't actually. We're not actually sending any of this to Australia. I'm really sorry. So uh, it just, <laughs> great because that was going to be my next that, question. That is against <laughs> democracy. <laughs> are you sending it to Washington just in the hope that he wanders into the wrong bar and so sees it there? We, uh, about three years ago, we sent a whole container to the states. Um, it took months of having to get the labels approved um, by the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearm, and Tobacco, who have to sign off every label in the United States. Um, the Trump did not get passed. Uh, we got impeachment sour ale over there, but we had to change half the wording on the back um, to not mention Trump. Um, and so we don't send to them anymore because it's a giant pain in the ass. But if I can only tell you how many people from America have got hold of me in the last five years and how many people have got hold of me in the last week, it's a, nearly a full-time job in itself saying, no, sorry, we don't send to them. Wow. Well, it's almost a full time. We're drinking in the Royal Mail Hotel and David has a lot of uncounted ballots in the corner <laughs> in bags, uh, which is no longer true. I, I, no longer true. I actually caught him throwing them in the fire. So <laughs> well, hold on. The, the, the ALP didn't do fantastically well. So the ALP didn't do fantastically well in the Melbourne, in the Melbourne election. So were they his own ballots? Or did he <laughs> Can anyone who remember who your own prime minister is at the moment? I can't remember who it is this week, so. Yeah, I'm not even sure who's the thing. Yeah, he's up. It's been a while since we've had a transition, so. <laughs> it's been months. Mm. Um, <laughs> Warren, get us back on track. <laughs> back, to my, back to my question that I asked like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> 
Crazy, craziest beer. I don't think Triple IPA quite does it. You guys, I'm no. sure you guys can can smash that. Oh, we've done one recently that's only just come out, and I'm pretty sure some of this is coming to Australia. So there is a very popular ice cream in New Zealand called Goody Goody Gumdrops, which is a bubblegum ice cream um, with a bunch of fruit juice. Uh, every kid loves it. You go to corner store dairy in New Zealand, and everyone eats this, and I still love them. Um, so we have done a bubblegum fruited sour that tastes exactly like this ice cream. And I think that might be up there with the craziest one that we've done. Ooh, wow. Bubblegum's a pretty crazy flavor in beer. That's a really crazy flavor in beer. Did you have to get real bubblegum to make it work? We found out the flavor combinations and did a tincture of, of those combinations that make something taste like bubblegum. <laughs> so Southern Comfort, raspberry cordial and milk. <laughs> You're not a million miles off. <laughs> Andrew, can I ask, uh, in terms of New Zealand, you've got an embarrassment of riches in terms of the raw materials to make beer. Is there any hop varieties from outside of New Zealand that you really uh, admire or, or want to use more in your beers? Bloody Ian's so, stolen my question. That's for me. Oh, really? We have a fine tradition of question stealing here, and I'm glad that you've, you've really got into the spirit of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, um, David's we got use all of the questions 60, written down here, and uh, it's a load we, of rubbish. We do use about <laughs> sixty-five to seventy percent American hops, so we are we are big on American hops. Um, we are the biggest user of mosaic hops in New Zealand, I think, um, and that's definitely our favourite. Um, we use a lot of Citra, uh, a decent amount of Simcoe, um, El Dorado, and Azaka. We use quite a bit in our our something hoppy IPA, which is our, our main six-pack IPA. Um, I just love using new hop varieties. Um, I've got some of that O16, which has just been named something in Australia. It's just been called, someone will tell me. It's a new hop variety that's just been named, uh, which I haven't used yet, but I use a lot of Galaxy and a bit of Big Secret as well. So, you know, not everything that Australian producers is bad. Um, we've got, yeah, we, we're, we're, I'm a big, big fan of Eclipse. Thank you very much, Corey. Good, good stuff. Um, and yeah, so, um, well, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a just used local ingredients for the sake of it. If there's something out there that's going to add to my flavor palette profile, um, we want to use it no matter where it's from. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. I don't mind. I love that. Um, I'm completely. I just had another sip, and you know what this bit, you know what the Cheesecake Factory reminds me of? Like, mm -hmm. like, Key lime pie, like oh, yeah. Florida key lime pie. I'm totally going to do a key lime pie. Um, we've got a pecan pie, imperial stout, um, oh. just being packaged with Beavana because I'm married to an American and we're we're doing a Thanksgiving party. So why not brew a pecan pie, imperial stout for Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, pumpkin pie yeah. for next Halloween. Uh, people in New Zealand and no outside of America, everyone's scared of pumpkin. They're like, "Ooh, that's a vegetable. That's gross." But pumpkin pie is freaking awesome. Like the pumpkin, pumpkin U.S. pumpkin beer is delicious. I don't know why it everyone does it. Um, Renaissance tried to make it in New Zealand years ago, and like no one bought it, and they had to like dump like half the batch after a year. Or yeah. So I've, that's probably put the fright into me. It's been, it's not a pumpkin beer. It's really, really just pumpkin pie spices, which is. Yeah, cinnamon and allspice and nutmeg and stuff like that. So maybe something for the pilot brewery, Andrew. Oh, we'll get there, mate. We'll get there. All right. So 
so we're not getting we're not getting dumped the Trump. Um, I might be able to brew another batch of it and send you guys some, um, but uh, yeah, we didn't get quite get the order in in time, and uh, I didn't make any cheer labels. So making cheer um, labels for Australia, is, I'm not going to lie, is a giant pain in the ass. You've got uh, plenty of time. He's not going to concede anytime soon. Right. So it's... yeah, that's he's there until January 19. Well, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to try and fit it. In. It's hard to fit things into the schedule um, this close to Christmas. And how hard could it be to make a chur label? Don't you just take off the behemoth text and just put chur on it? Well, it's just creating different files and actually, like, if, oh, yeah. say, if you don't, you've got to get it pre-ordered because we can't sell it in New Zealand and. It is a pain in the ass. And okay, yeah, no, I tell you, I've, I've, I've been on too many podcasts saying nasty things about people I don't like because of trademarks. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. We can move on from that rather yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. More importantly, um, you know, how do we campaign to get more beers over? Yeah, here? how do we get more of your beers? Um, talk to those people that I just said that we're not going to talk to talk about. Could the Royal Mail quite help uh, with logistics? <laughs> <laughs> well, a good friend Ryan, who's normally on, so, so Ryan was going to be on with us tonight. And I think he's off at Bright Brewery of all places, which was our who were our last guest. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll get into Ryan. We'll put Ryan in a headlock or something like that. Could or, or could we just make could we make the Royal Mail like a small New Zealand embassy, like so the ground underneath is technically New Zealand, and so we'll just have like a we'll just sell. Like behemoth beers at the Royal Mail. Well, if you can, if you can, <laughs> if, you, if you can um, sort that out diplomatically, then yeah, yeah, perfect. We'll work Sometimes on that. I burned all those ballots. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a track record. This is perfect. Yeah, I know. Right. So I was thinking, like, <laughs> once you've done one act of civil disobedience, <laughs> what's stopping you from the next? I mean. You know, I hate to say you've really put a stamp on this place, but uh, it's <laughs> it should be second nature now. Isn't it? Why, why don't we have a little pause and yeah, let's uh, have a break and, and, and grab the next couple of beers we're going to talk about? And um, if anyone needs a little bathroom break or uh, anything else, and it's now seven ten Melbourne time, why don't we kick off with the second part at about seven fifteen? Move on into the world of hazies and pales. Uh, I guess we've touched on this already because Ian stole. Essentially, Ian asked all four of my questions in one question before, which is a pretty magical effort. He <laughs> slotted in really well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, just... If you do want to hear more efficient questions, do listen to the Chosen Brew Beer podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to come and hang around in have a beer guest of the year, but now I'm just going to hang around in the background. <laughs> with a banner that reads, listen to the cool room. <laughs> um, Andrew, 
Why do you think there are so many exceptional New Zealand examples of these styles? And I guess uh, when you were talking before about all the breweries that you'd worked with while you've been doing your gypsy brewing, um, you know, how much collaboration and how much sort of inspiration do you get from, from the other breweries around you that are doing great things? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were pretty, in, in terms of hazies, we were our Lid Ripper Hazy IPA, which I think, I never say this in front of Australians because it's easier to say um, most award in the Southern Hemisphere when no one else outside of New Zealand is listening. Um, but um, we've done really well with that. And we were the second, the second beer out outside of Garage Project's um, Party and Bullshit um, to do a Hazy. And, you know, we, we, we brewed a lot of those at Deep Creek and then both of us have gone on to, to make a lot of Hazy IPAs. Um, and we've made them at you know, three or four different breweries. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a style that it wasn't, we didn't really follow a trend with it. Like I'd been to the States and, and tried some stuff that was really cool. Um, and I did a lot of research online about how to kind of get that juicy um, character, both in terms of mold, hops, and water chemistry. Um, and yeah, we've spent the last four, four and a half years um, dialing them in and, and, and we've got a, a few really cool core range beers, Lid Ripper Hazy IPA and Rain Smiles Hazy Pale Ale, which is now our biggest selling beer in six packs. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it, and, and now we're like, well, all these unlimited hop combinations. Now we, we come out with two brand new packaged beers a, a week, two brand new canned beers a week. Um, That's an insane amount of beer to be getting through. It is the most in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm pretty sure. I think Range Brewing in in Queensland um, might be doing that, but we, I think we're doing a, a bit bigger scale than they are. Um, but it is a logistical nightmare. We don't get much sleep. Everyone's always stressed. Um, I'm surprised I have a team left because they have, all haven't quit yet. Um, <laughs> but it keeps everyone, including ourselves, interested and busy. Um, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah. And Andrew, can I just uh, ask about, uh, in terms of um, quality and when you produce so many hoppy beers, they are a bit more fragile or vulnerable to time. I've drank a couple of your beers, uh, which have performed very, very well, despite the fact that they're, you know, approaching 12 months old. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> no, they were still really lovely, like uh, really great beers. Uh, clearly it's the quality control after, just looking after your um dissolved oxygen levels making sure that like is you make it leave the brewery in the best possible um case it is i mean obviously like we're working with contract partners and we're really hard on on our partners to make sure that they're looking after that end of it um and the canning line that we've got um we did some rigorous investigations to make sure that when that fires up in the next few weeks that um you know, that we'll be making the beer, leave it, um, our brewery in as good a shape as possible. You know, we've got massive refrigeration um, and, you know, we treat it as well as we can do um, until it leaves the, uh, leaves the brewery, um, or leaves our cold store, because um, we've got off-site cold storage around New Zealand as well. Make sure it's as, as good condition as possible. It's just doing what you can from your part. I mean, if it was tasting good, it means that um, you know our chilled freight and um, whatever retail you got from it is really good. And yeah, after and, and Andrew, do you can't you... really control it 100% after it leaves you, and you've got to have a lot of faith and make sure that you're working with the right retailers to make sure they're looking after your beer. 
Yeah, and do you keep a beer library uh, so that you can check in on the beers as they... Obviously not that great, because otherwise I'd be drinking the ones that you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, we've just been a bit crazy. Everything's sold out. um, And um, we do keep them at the breweries that we're at. They keep retention samples, and we're starting a retention plan at our new place. But... um, as I say, first brew is Monday, so we'll be starting that retention thing starting in uh, probably four to six weeks. Yeah, well, I must say uh, it was one of the first beers I had from Chur, and it was tasting really good despite the length of time, which put a lot of faith from myself into the into your brewery, so really well done. Can we just keep calling it Behemoth because I really hate it when it's called Chur? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was. I, I know you're a, a legal man, but uh, <laughs> I was trying to. I know you guys all buy Chur beer, but it's Behemoth is what it is. It's just a pain. Yeah, mask. and also in my accent, I'd rather say Behemoth. I think Brent's one of the few people in Australia that can pull off saying it properly because he's full of it. So, Chur, <laughs> yeah, Chur. <laughs> Can we ask about that sort of massive numbers of beers that you make? How do you sort of find inspiration each time and actually get excited about making all of these new beers, particularly when you're dealing with oftentimes the same style? You know, how do you how do you get excited about going and making a new one rather than just going, this is we haven't made this one before, we haven't used this combo before. Um, you know, how do you make it exciting for yourself and stay interested? I guess is the question. Yeah, no, that is a good question. I don't think I've had it phrased exactly like that before. So, um, yeah, it's I am always after the next best thing, the next thing that I'm going to be excited about. Um, in terms of like, in terms of making hazy IPAs, there's always your go-tos that are always going to be good. Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, um, Simcoe, Eldorado. Um, but playing with those and then playing with other hop combinations is all about trying to find perfection, I guess. Um, and one of the crazy things we did is like Lid Ripper was our first one. And I thought, this is going to be the best hop combination. And I still think it is, even though we've done coming up to close to 100 brand new hazy IPAs, our OG is still my favorite. And I guess, you know, we're always interested. Yeah, there are people who listen to the podcast who are very experienced craft beer drinkers and some who are just starting out on their journey so when uh, when they look at the label here and see so many different uh hops which ones to you are prominent in this beer and what flavors are they delivering so what are people tasting and can you educate our listeners a bit about you know what each of those hops is adding yeah so in terms of this one and i'm going to i'm going to try and remember all the hops that are on this without even um seeing the can properly we're testing you on this, man. <laughs> no, I know Citra Mosaic. There's some. Um, there's Mandarina Bavaria in there. Um, I think there was Mochuica, um, and there's one or two other. Um, maybe I think Simcoe, um, and one other one that I am missing. I think you missed. I think you missed Galaxy. Galaxy. I'm like, talking to Australians. So I assume that there's Galaxy um, and Galaxy. So, um, yeah. So. Um, Run through it. Mosaic, very pungent, very much a big tropical bowl. Um, it's why it's called Mosaic. It it's works so well. Me Time Mosaic um, is the champion IPA of New Zealand. Um, the Brewers Guild last year was very stoked to finally get the gong for the best IPA. Um, but it just shows you how versatile that hop is. 
um, it's so pungent and and there's a bit of dankness in there. It's it can be stone fruit, it can be tropical, it can be it can be so many different things, especially how it biotransforms with um, the the yeast that you're using as well. Uh, a lot of different characters, citra. Um, it, despite it being called citra, it's actually more tropical than citrus, but there's still a nice underlying citrus character to it as well. Mandarin of Bavaria, I don't use it in large amounts because um, it can be quite herbal, but it has a nice has a nice kind of citrus fruit character to it. But all of those German hops, if you use it like you, if you do a single hop IPA with it, it'll be very German um, with a bit of fruit, no matter what you do with it. Um, so I like to add it in the background. Um, Galaxy is just like pungent, dank pineapple. Um, Galaxy from year to year is from shit to amazing. Um, 2019, I didn't like that much. 2020 is off the hook. It is my favorite hop in the entire world just for the 2020 version of it. It is fantastic. I had tried to get, someone tried to sell me a shitload of 2019 for a really cheap price and I was like, nah, don't want it. Sorry, 2020, it's banging. Um, yeah, just that pungent, you know, that pungent pineapple. Almost like a, sometimes it can come off as like a baked pineapple kind of character, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and Simcoe, classic pine, grapefruit, but some pineapple in there as well. Uh, and so playing with all those fruit and clarets, like I'm a hop geek. I love everything about it. And I love, like I was meant to be doing selection and Yakima this year for the first time. I can guess it, I can't do that. Um, for, for for mosaic etc. Um, but yeah, they're sending some stuff. About what selection means, because again, I think that's one of the things that I and a lot of our listeners have learnt about during during lockdown and, and during the interviews that we've done is that idea that it's it's more than just grabbing a pack of hops off the shelf, isn't it? For you guys, it's about the difference, and as you you've mentioned there about the difference from year to year, but field to field and row to row. Yeah, well, we've, we've never been able to do it before because we haven't been at a size where we could. And we've grown so much in the last couple of years that we've just got to that point now. So that's why it's so disappointing. It's been like seven years in the making to come and do this in the States, finally. And my wife's in Portland, Oregon, so it's not that far. Um, so I was going to be able to do a whole trip. I'm still um, surprised you're not on a blacklist, Andrew. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who hate Trump. I don't think I scraped the top million. Observing Andrew's Twitter account, he's actually been uh, tagging um, the real Donald Trump in quite a few beer posts as well. So. <laughs> he's been trolling him pretty hard. Sports here, very disappointing. Very, very sad. Sad, <laughs> sad. <laughs> there should be more of that tagging of the real Donald Trump in things, I think. so. Yeah. Well... He is a fucked up. So anyway, um, but no, I'm, I'm, you know, we spend a lot of time in this movie. I get a lot of inspiration from there. Um, as, as far ahead as New Zealand is in beer, we're still, you know, 18 hours ahead and 10 years behind. Um, <laughs> two hours ahead in the States. Um, no, it's, it is, um, yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from there. So, you know, it's, it is like it, being able to go and select, we've never been able to do it, but it just it does make such a difference from row to row from farm to farm um and being able to go just go through and you rub them get the aroma obviously you can't do a tasty you've got to brew the beer to be able to do that but so much of it's about the aroma um that yeah i'm, I'm actually doing it for new zealand hops for the first time i haven't been able to big enough be big enough to do it in new zealand until now so early you know, in march april next year i'll be going down to 
three or four different hot farms in, in Nelson, probably flying back and forth multiple times to, to pick New Zealand hops. And that's still only, you know, 25, 30% of the hops we use in New Zealand. So um, being able to do it in New Zealand and in America, I think will just bring our hop game up that next level again. Yeah, so, nice. Are there any particular hops that you think you'd, you'd get a much better effect out of being able to choose between? There are some hops, that I guess you just sort of hinted at there, some are a bit more generic in their flavour and some are a bit more susceptible to change from place to place? All, all New Zealand hops are very, very... So there's a lot more competition in New Zealand hops this year with Freestyle and some other independent hop farms coming on board. In New Zealand hops in the past, they're all blended from different farms into one. So it's really hard to pick out what you want, and some of them will be banging, and some of them, some of them, you know, Nelson Sovin, classic example, will be, oh my god, this is massive tropical gooseberry, amazing, and the next one will be like garlic onion, and you're like, oh, this is a bit shit. So being able to choose those will be really awesome. So I'm hoping to get in there and get some of the good stuff uh, in the new year. Yeah. Can we change tack just a little bit, perhaps, and? Um... We love a good can art discussion here, uh, you know, in the, in the cool room. And um, oh, can people vote for um, Dump the Trump as uh, New Zealand's got the best can art thing? And I think Brent's trying to promote it for us, but I have not gone on to doing that yet. So I'll I, uh, I actually um, read the small print. Um, I was a little bit worried about promoting it just in case I got in trouble, but you can vote for it for the Gabs uh, Design Awards. Actually, we won um, so Dump the Trump this year, but we've won it. In a previous year for yeah, the earlier version of Dump the Trump. But you didn't get anything free that time. You get free stuff this time. So Yeah, yeah, free oh, stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, but what did I see in it? <laughs> it's wonderful yeah. that you put it to a great good, mate. Great good. <laughs> if, if you're putting out a couple of new beers a week, just how does the design team keep up with the, with the workload out of that? And um, I guess how much collaboration is there between... Uh, people who are... i got three words, with great difficulty. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, we're always again up against it. We are always up against the clock. Um, you know, it's being, being a, a contract brewer, we're working with four different breweries at the same time. We're working with other people's schedules. We're trying to get artwork done uh, and, and get it. Sometimes like, hey, we've got a brew spot free tomorrow. I'm like, well, that's going to be really hard to get the artwork done and ready for. And we, we do, and 90-something percent of the time we get it in time. Sometimes we have to relabel them and it's a pain in the ass. But um, it's very stressful. It's incredibly stressful because I do I do all the concepts. Um, I do all the write-ups and funny shit on the back, like I was just talking about before. Um, and I just take it to the designer. It's like, this is my concept. This is what I want to do. They come back. And we've worked with, we originally had a, uh, a designer, um, Tom, who came out of university and pretty much worked there. Um, he was working in a homebrew shop and came out of design school, worked for us for years. Um, and then he got um, pinched, uh, headhunted by Trade Me, which is like New Zealand Amazon, you know, with hundreds of millions of dollars and was getting paid way more than we could pay him. Um, and yeah, it was good. He used, kind of used his, our portfolio to get that gig. So it's really awesome. Now it dates my cousins, kind of strange. Uh, but, um, um, and a, and then we moved on to a crazy Russian New York guy um, who was living in New Zealand at the time and he did some really cool stuff but then he kind of started phoning it in and moved to the other side of the world became a pain house and now we use a design firm in Christchurch called Deflux um, and we just got them on set uh, we've got them on like kind of a retainer and um, 
sometimes I feel bad because we work them too much for the amount of money we pay them, but um, we make sure that we sure, we make them sure they're well hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about a Biden uh, beer now that Trump's out and obviously no, we're going to get a new president? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm just kind of. But once dump the Trump is done, I'm just I'm done. You're done. I'm, You're done I'm, as well. I'm I'm done. I'm done on the Trump shit. I'm done on the American election stuff. Never say never because we're kind of a satiric, like you kind of think of us as like the beer, uh, the late show or Colbert report or last week tonight. You know, we like to make fun of things that are ridiculous. And yeah. it's not that we polit. I'm, it's not even, I don't see any of the Trump stuff as political. It's more, this person should not be the leader of the free world. It's freaking ridiculous. It's more making fun of things that are absolutely Rather than like left or right, liberal, conservative, all of that bullshit, it really is just like, this is a really bad human being who should not be in charge of the most powerful country in the world. And that was my whole point, right? Because we made it a year before, when he got the nomination. So before, well before he was president, we started making this because it was a piss take. It was like, this guy's never going to be president. And then it happened, you're like, what? <laughs> How wrong you were. And then we stopped making it. Yeah, we, we stopped making it. We started making impeachment. A, well, we made it. We made impeachment, and I always said we're going to make impeachment until you get impeached. And he actually got impeached, so we stopped making it. Yeah. My word. Um, but in can you make can you make a prison beer, please, Andrew? Because you seem very good at predicting a future. Can you make a prison beer for Trump and for, a prison beer? Yeah, for Donald Trump. I did, you didn't see the thing. This is him in like a swanky prison. <laughs> oh, so like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't <laughs> see that in a. <laughs> That's, that's his like little number there. That's that's like the tennis court that is in the prison tennis court. And it's like this is what rich persons. It's got gold bars because you know he's going to go to rich man. He's going to go white white collar as hell prison. You know. So that's what what we've done. I just thought that was one of his hotels. Sorry, I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> Changing tax a bit. Changing tax a bit. I just show you that there's handcuffs. Is there a Excellent. is there one of the labels that you guys have done that's like the top of the list for you? What's your favourite one you, you've seen? Like what 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 is the one where you look at all the labels side by side and go, that's the best one we've done? And the, before before you answer that, Andrew, um, yeah, you don't pay your designers enough. You just don't because that is amazing. That no. can is awesome. I'm pretty sure they're not watching this, so no. Yeah, and just to give Andrew a bit of time to think about it, yes. not many breweries have every decal of uh, every beer they've made on their website. Yes, and I thought that was an excellent yeah. touch. That it, like, although you say you're stressed out about the volume of beer that you're putting out and the different beers, it's great to see all of those historic mm. decals on the and so that design work. I'm, I'm, I'm not a bit of bubble there, but I think less than half of them are on there. It's, well, it's, yeah. it for a it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot, but um, so uh, in Chirley's, our all of our bathrooms are done with parcel labels. So we had a bit of a working bee. Me and my wife and some friends. We had like three whole days of like friends coming up for pizza and beer and like stickering all of our bathrooms at the pub, um, with all these labels, with 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 literally thousands of labels and then laminated over them. Um, I would say that. I think maybe the most clever one we did was for Beervana a couple of years ago, which is still a Trump theme one. So we did say song burps. Um, collusion. Um, uh, autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did um, Collusion, which was an American hopped Russian Imperial Stout. Um, and it was it was yeah, um, yeah. it was Shirley Trump and Shirley Putin 
with the um, the Kremlin blending into the White House, which was was on the cover of Time Magazine, and we thought that was, and we did a whole bit of artist that was set up like that, and I dressed like Donald Trump and dark like that. I, I can't even do the voice now. Stupid, stupid person, you're never mad. Oh my God, Melania, why are you leaving me? Well, if you ever decide you want to go from lawyer to brewer to something else, you got to, you can be a Trump impersonator. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I two days of that, I nearly killed me. I actually started uh, on the day after the, the final day. Um, I started, I was speaking like Trump the next morning and be with my wife. And she was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll be a big market for body doubles. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the next few months. So. To be fair, I, my, my build is similar to his, and that's not a good thing. So. And you're six foot four, though, mate. <laughs> I'm taller than him, but, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't play anywhere near as much golf. Andrew, you um, you just mentioned you were drinking a sack song, and I'm just going to play. Oh. Um, just going to pick here, because I know it's one of your favourite styles, but we haven't seen a say song from Behemoth for quite some time. Oh, yeah, that was the Excuse last one. Not a not a bastard by say song, that's fine. Well we see that's it in I've the got, uh, that's why I got this over because I I went I went to I was in Dunedin and we haven't made this for a year and I went to a lick store and bought it back off the shelf because I didn't have any and I was like, I'd really like this beer and no one in the South Island's buying it. So I bought it back and it was delicious. Is is that in is is that something like you you Love, I think it's great, but you love the beers that you brew. Is that? Yeah, some I love more than others. Um, I, I don't usually admit it publicly. They're all my children, but um, there's some things, and I love styles that don't sell very well. Um, and like last year, I made maybe half a dozen beers that sold horribly because they were just beers I wanted. And um, brown ales, saisons, scotch ales, stuff that the general, there's not a massive demand for them. I really wanted to do them and they sold horribly, but I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. That's I cool. can't make them all the time because we'd go bankrupt and, you know, I wouldn't be able to pay my staff, etc. But, you know, <laughs> when I when I can justify it, I will. <laughs> Shareholder votes for Saison. <laughs> well, you've got more shares than most people, Prince, so I'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, maybe we can discuss it at the next EGM. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the agenda, mate. Now, I, I reckon we've probably got enough time to have a quick chat about the... Now, am I pronouncing it correctly? Arachnard? No, it's, so it's actually just... It's meant to be pronounced the exact same way as it's meant to be pronounced. So if you read the back, um, it's was meant to be... Surely, so we've 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 had a saying at Behemoth for a while. We're not here to fornicate with the reckoners. We're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah, we're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah, which is I taught David that he he hadn't heard it before. So, <laughs> I I don't I don't like. I like to say we're not here to put shoes on millipedes. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just that much. Well, more. that's 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 less sexual, yes. Um, uh, but it, I don't like so, uh, Australians. Like I don't believe. Um, you, I, you, first of all, you can have Russell Crowe. We don't want him. Um, I think we probably created the Pavlova and not you guys. Um, yeah, you probably did the Lemmington. That's okay. I'm all right with that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of disputes about where things have come from. But Where do you sell uh, Crowded House, Andrew? 
Oh, I've good asked, question. I have, I have asked Neil Finn this myself, personally. <laughs> um, I snuck backstage and partied with Crowded House in Belgium 11 years ago. Um, hence, this beer that I'm drinking right now is called the Beers of Belgium, because I snuck backstage and partied with them all night um, when I was studying in Sweden. And, um, you know, went into town and had drunken kebabs with, like, the drummer and stuff like that. And um, it was a good time. And they called the Beatles of Belgium because I was there in, uh, in Belgium. They said, Crowded House were like the Beatles in Belgium in the 90s. So I did a wow. New Zealand um, Black Doris Plum um, with a Belgium yeast, hence, like, a New Zealand and a Belgium thing, uh, hence the Beatles of Belgium, what I'm drinking right now. It's almost like you guys planned this. Fantastic. <laughs> but, it's almost like it, didn't it? <laughs> but... Um, he, um, Neil Finn said that we're both. He just said that we're a New Zealand and Australian band. And he's like, when people bring flags to the concert and stuff, he said they can fuck off. So um, we'll, we'll split that one down the middle. Oh, so that's a good answer. No, yeah. they can they can have they can have split ends, and we'll have crowded house. <laughs> we can just take hundred percent of split ends, and we can take fifty percent of crowded house. You're not taking fifty percent of crowded house. Hundred percent could take fifty percent of crowded house. You're, um, as long as we get far lap, I'm happy. Yeah, and you're probably welcome to have Russell Crowe back anytime you like. So, like, it's, we've and we've still Russell. got far lap. Far lap sitting in the Melbourne Museum. That's right. But isn't far lap's heart's gone back over there? I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Slower with no muscles though. I, I think maybe Russell Crowe could live in a canoe halfway between the two countries and just sort of float around out there somewhere. That might be. A oh, how, how about how about he can just have Tassie and we'll call it even. We'll build him a raft. No, Tazzy's too good. Yeah, Tazzy's making some really good gin and things at the moment. We don't want to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Very good it's because he's like Little New Zealand, Zealand though. It's, be, yeah, it's Little New Zealand. It's like, it's yeah. the closer New Zealand, which isn't quite as fun. Tasmania's referred to it as a, you know, it's a New Zealand, it's a little Tasmania, so. <laughs> I know it's still in your constitution that you can bring us on board, but we're not interested, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to smooth this over and say I'm the only person here who grew up in the UK who remembers Russell Crowe on Neighbours. Oh, no, you <laughs> can't. <laughs> I don't remember. Right, Ian, you are right. Yes. Are yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. where he was made his career, in Ramsey Street. Um, what were we talking about again? <laughs> I was going to say, shall we, shall we open up our <laughs> tasting pack tonight? We shall. And... Um, what would be really great is if people who are in the Zoom room who want to ask questions can start to type those in. But um, we're their traditional cool room question, uh, which is the one that, you know, hopefully pulls back the curtain on what it's like to sort of, you know, work in, whether it's pubs or whether it's in, uh, in you know, breweries. Uh, we've had some great answers over the years in terms of the strangest things that people have seen in a cool room, but equally applicable. The most dangerous thing you've ever had in a brewery, the time that you spoilt the most beer, the time that something exploded. We love a good explosion story. Um, you, re you guys really haven't done your research on me, have you? In terms of explosion? Or have they? <laughs> or have they? <laughs> we want to see if what we've researched you actually are willing to come clean with. Well, that's right. Well, so we, I, know, we know that this is a serious topic for you. Uh, yeah, and, it is. Uh, but it's also one of the stories that I think, you know, the way that you've come back from what you experienced yeah. is part of what makes you as a brewer and you as a person so fascinating to talk to. Yeah, so, I guess so. Talk about it, I hope. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I probably haven't talked about it. It's been a while since I've done something. I haven't really talked about it for a little bit. It came up as a five-year anniversary 
two months ago. It was five five years. So um, yeah, I, we were contract brewing at Eight Wired, um, and the current head brewer, uh, brewer and part owner of McLeod's was, was head brewer there, and we had a big um, brewing accident. Uh, it was kind of somewhat of a boil over. It was a build up of pressure and. Um, 1200 litres worth of boiling wort exploded at us and burnt 40% of my body and um, and more of Jason's. Um, and yeah, we got airlifted uh, uh, to Middlemore Hospital and spent five weeks in hospital and yeah, burnt 40% of my body and multiple skin grafts, um, had to wear compression gear. It was meant to be for two years, but it was 15 months, so nine months off for good behaviour. And um, yeah, and, and it's kind of just something I think about less and less, but I wouldn't wish that kind of burn injury on my worst enemy and I hate my worst enemies and I would not wish that on them. It's pretty, pretty horrible stuff. Um, and Jason got it a worth this off me. He's about half my size and 10 years older than I am. So, you know, the healing process is a, is a lot slower. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, we're brothers for life, me and Jason. I love that guy. He's, um, he's my, also McLeod's. They don't export too much, but um, in New Zealand, they're my favorite brewery that I don't own. Um, they're <laughs> They're very, very cool, and he's been doing awesome stuff. But yeah, we have become back. We, we um, every year we're like, you know, we're 2.0. You know, we're we're back bigger and stronger, and just you know more determined to, you know, more determined and more stubborn to to do what we love uh, than ever. So yeah. Andrew, obviously you're on, under a very tight time schedule, uh, Behemoth. How has that incident affected how you approach? You know, when you're under such a heavy time schedule how, how do you also factor in all of those things to keep everybody safe did that have a fairly profound effect on you yeah i mean that's the thing like with with designing our new brewery um yeah the shape safety shower is the uh the, the nicest that would have been nice um it would have, would have helped things a bit um i mean i think on the back of our accident which you know did make international headlines you know we got I had Stone and the Alchemist and Russian River reach out to us. Like, you know, I didn't even know those guys. And it was, it was, you know, it was quite something. Um, and yeah, I think it just, it was a bit of a wake up call for the industry that we're a, a dangerous manufacturing industry and um, that, you know, safety is paramount. You know, we're instituting a lot of safety protocols um, and, you know, lots of, you know, lots of things, you know, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of people's um, safety in our hands. So, it's pretty paramount for us. Yeah, I think that's something that people perhaps forget is even the, the agricultural nature of beer, the, the, the women that's under in terms of agriculture, but also that industry behind beer. I mean, we're, we're so used to, you know, we're drinking in a pub now where we're just looking at a, a beautiful glass of uh, hazy IPA and it's, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of showtime. But there is a, a heavy industry behind this and, and that's your day-to-day, -day, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, like I'm running a giant company. I'm not on the tools all the time, um, but it is like, you know, especially with our brewery opening up next week, I'm in charge and I'm ultimately responsible for everyone who's working under me. So it's, um, yeah, it's a burden that, you know, you need to, to bear and to be able to make sure that you're doing everything possible. And, you know, we've got to a size of a company now, you know, we have a board of directors that are legally responsible for everyone's safety as well. So we're all, you know, making those decisions to make sure that everyone's kept as safe as possible. And, you know, New Zealand has some very strict safety guidelines and um, it's just becoming more so. And we're just, you know, making sure that, um, yeah, before profit, before 
glory of winning awards or anything like make sure that everyone's safe at the end of the day is the number one priority. Andrew, thank you for sharing that because I know there's a lot of uh, brewers who listen to this or people who work in breweries. And I think it probably is easy to forget if you're under a huge time pressure or under pressure to make great beer that uh, you can take shortcuts or you can, you know, perhaps do things that you shouldn't and you know you shouldn't. Uh, it's a really good reminder for those. So thank, really appreciate Excellent. you talking about that. Thank you. No worries, guys. Um, now, are there any questions from people in the room who might like to uh, ask either about the beers that we've been tasting or you know, other background pub stories? It's been a pretty amazing lineup. And I guess while we wait for people to type those in, do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the flavours? Yeah, so I was getting there with the designer. So we had this uh, crazy Russian Russian uh, New Yorker who, um, who put the wrong spelling into a glass that we were doing. Uh, a kind of a, a, a teku style glass and put the rotten thing and you know, we saw all the mock-ups and none of us picked up this misspelling. I went back and checked and made sure I gave him the right one. So we screwed it up to like, holy shit, we've got a thousand glasses with the wrong spelling on it. We're not here to find out with arachnids. Like, let's just make a beer that's arachnard, the truly arachnid. Um, and that's what we did. So we released the beer and the glass at the same time and then wrote about it on the can saying, this is what we've done. So it's kind of fun what we get to do because I, I can be real and take the piss and people just really like how genuine it is. Like we fucked up and we're making a massive hoppy double IBA due to our mess up. So that's exactly what happened. And we're like, well, if it's not here to fornicate with the Ragnars, we have to make it hoppy. So I think that that's, yeah, up in the top few hoppiest beers that we've ever made. So it's, yeah, it's a beast. Hazy double IPA. I think it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Citra Mosaic and Eldorado. You can read the back of the can. That was, that was literally what I was going to ask. And I would read the back of the cans if my eyesight was better in the darkness. But the red on black for 46 year old eyes like mine. To be fair, we I, I'm starting to rant so much that it's pretty hard to read any of them anyway. If that's not 100. <laughs> Tonight's a bit different. Um, in the sense, obviously, we're in the, in the pub. So anyone that wants to ask a question in the Zoom room, type it away because even though David has bad eyesight, I can still see the questions in the chat from this far away. Um, we will ask your Thanks, questions man. for you. Uh, so go crazy. Um, I feel like I'm not driving home tonight. This double is really, really good, and I could smash a can of it. And, um, yeah, you just don't realise... You, you drink it and you, it's... What it's, is it? What is the percentage? Oh, here we go. Ian has it actually. Yeah, look, yeah, there you are. I'm a it's best one, that one. Or just sweet child of mine, yeah. <laughs> but it's so, it's so it's smooth delicious. and it's so smashable that... Yeah. I think that's the most, it's one of the hallmarks of, of our beers that in a comment we get a lot is that they are usually dangerously drinkable. Without higher alcohol things, I, I strive for drinkability. And sometimes it's a bit dangerous. I want the flavor to be intense and you know that you're drinking that. But yep. it's like, well, I can drink a lot of that and well, maybe I shouldn't because it's quite high. And that's the thing, like they are, they're big cans. They're not the cheapest beers on earth, especially in Australia, sorry about that. Um, but they, they're not meant to be like, oh, I wouldn't drink five of them. It's like, don't drink five of them. Like that's not what they're there for. <laughs> they're there to, if you want to have one or two or even sharing a can with a mate. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's... Yes, it's um, it's kind of this weird thing tonight, Andrew. Normally, I'd be sitting at home 
and David would be sitting at the pub or at home, and Ian would be somewhere. Um, but I, I, I would have, I would have knocked yeah. off the can by now, and it would have been okay because I could just go upstairs and go to bed, and it was all good. Um, the idea of sitting here and actually having a bit of a tasting paddle is a bit different for us, um, but I like it. It's really good. Yeah, it's working well. Thanks, um, Andrew. I've got a question for you. Uh, just around. Sure. It's been a big topic and still is a big topic of conversation in Australia about ABAC and uh, the people who uh, look after the appropriateness of labels and whether they appeal to minors or whether they're appropriate. What's the equivalent in New Zealand? And have you ever fallen foul of uh, the equivalent uh, people, standards, people who look after uh, what goes on a label? Because when you're dealing with cartoons, and dealing with, uh, you know, playful images and uh, suggestive uh, titles of beers, that seems like the danger zone to me. So have you, have you flirted with the danger as, zone? As you can probably tell in New Zealand, it's a little bit different Australia. Um, maybe the Australian authorities should just suffer in their jocks. Um, it's just, it's, it's not the same here. At Australia, I've heard some of the thing about Jedi Juice was absolutely ridiculous like just mind-bogglingly stupid yeah like it's beer it's served in beer you can't even go to the supermarket and buy beer we can you could technically have kids go up and see them in the supermarket in new zealand but it's for adults you can't even do that in australia like it's stupid it's archaic it's it's nanny state it's it's crazy so no we have not had any issues here uh, <laughs> um, but, you, but you did in america we have, it, we have it in Australia, but I think if we were more widely distributed in supermarkets in Australia, um, Dan's or anything like that, then maybe then we probably would have that kind of ire on us. But we're very happy just at the moment. We have Australia gets their allocation. It comes and goes. Happy days. They don't really take our core range. It's more of just our new fun stuff. Just Australia gets a little bit of an allocation. And a lot of that is to do with the cheer brewing thing. Like, having core range with a different label is incredibly hard in terms of stock management and stuff like that. So, um, I don't think the beers sit around long enough. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I usually try to buy the old one for beer. 12 months apparently, but, um, apart from that, no, they, yeah, they tend to go pretty nice, so. I try to buy every beer that we bring over here. Um, which is probably why I've got a huge credit card on it. But <laughs> I mean, even in saying, you know, they'll be in the fridge for no longer than a week and then they're in the roast bin. So, yeah, so I mean, I mean, I'm a very I'm much, um, we've, we've definitely do a lot of things that um, could catch the eye of um, intellectual property specialists and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> it's, I'm very much a forgiveness rather than permission type of guy. Um, and, you know, we're here to have fun. And if, you know, if someone has an issue with that, then we can talk about it, but we haven't had that much issue with it. Um, if we were an Australian-based brewery, or if we Australia was a bigger focus for us, then maybe we'd have to worry about it. And thank goodness I live in New Zealand. So Sp spoken like a man who's given up being a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of and um, and on that, if there's no other questions, I think we are going to wrap things up here. Andrew, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's uh, it's been great. Ian, thank you for joining us as well. Absolute pleasure. Um, David, welcome back to the pub. 
Thank you, Trevor. We are, we are back in the pub. We are going to iron out our little kinks and get this whole thing sorted. Warren Wu, who's still sitting at home. Thank you, Warren. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks, everyone else, for joining us. Uh, we will all talk soon, and hopefully you look forward to having more of these beers uh, when we log off. And uh, for, the, for those, once we've logged off, you can stay and chat while Ian sets up for Have a Beer Guess the Year. And then we will type into the Zoom Room chat the uh, address that you can go over and pick up on the second part of the evening. Yeah, absolutely. It's on the Beer Together channel on YouTube. It is the longest-running uh, show on Beer Together and the least watched. It is superb. So get yourself into Have a Beer Guess the Year on YouTube. It'll be superb. <laughs> Unreal. Thanks, guys. Have a pleasant evening. Cheers, Cheers everyone.